say it. Did you guys have a good Thanksgiving break? Did I? Did you? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you got to create the illusion, Paul, that this is after Thanksgiving. It's after Thanksgiving. It's after Thanksgiving, you know? Just cut this before. part out when we do it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Has the comic book market crashed? Has it reached its bottom? No. It has not reached the bottom. Short and sweet, George. Yeah, I I don't think it's it's reached that the pits of hell yet. I think we're still on our way to reach the pits of hell. Yeah, it's it hasn't crashed. It's crashing. It's in the process of getting to the bottom. It's not there yet. It hasn't bottomed down. We because we still see prices dropping. We see minus forty percent off highs from a year ago. Minus fifty percent. Like we're going back into the. Pre-COVID prices. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I still think there is there is room there to is grow. Room. There is room, not to grow, to come down even further. To drop, right? That doesn't mean people aren't selling them, trying to sell them at, at COVID prices. Agreed. Because if I bought at a COVID price and now the price is minus 40%, I just lost my ass and I need to get some yeah. of my money back. So it's and crashing. There's people that don't, don't want to admit it and they'll try it. And again, somebody might buy it, but... That's the problem, I think, now. And not just with comic books, but the housing market, with anything that blew up during COVID. You bought it at a high price. Now the, the prices are falling. So now you're not going to get what you paid for it. You definitely are going to get more than you paid for it, like you were getting back then. So now you have to mitigate that loss to, at some point. Now, how much of that, what percentage of that loss you take, that depends on how lucky you are in selling it. But that's where... We're like in a limbo state where people don't realize that the comic book market is crashing. They don't want to admit it. And they still want to get the prices that they got for it when they when they first bought it. And they're not going to get it. So they're going to they're gonna take a, they're gonna take an L. Just how, how big of an L it is, is to be determined. So let's, you know, history is our best indicator of future behavior. Why do we think the comic book market rose to unsustainable levels? I think it rose too fast. Well, that was easy. You had disposable income, and people had a lot of time on their hands, and it became some, and it became something that people were able to get money into and out of real quick. And then I think people, at the end of the day, got greedy. Well, people were also yeah. overpaying. They were, they were, they were rabid. They were buying whatever the hell came out. So they were, they were paying astronomical prices. They were all record-breaking prices because people were just buying it up so fast. So. People bought a book at a high price. That book sold for a high price. It sold again for a high price, and it sold again for a high price. So people saw a trend happening that this the prices are keep going up. That's unsustainable. And if you know, if you, if you got a little bit of knowledge and experience, you know that these things aren't sustainable. So now people, the market crashed, and now they're like, wow, I'm not making money on this. It catered towards the... It was a pump and dump. It catered towards the uneducated. Yeah, it was a pump and dump strategy. So the people, yeah. company, I mean, George mentioned it on a previous podcast. It was people were coming into the hobby and just starting new businesses just on current trends. Right. Like they had no business before this in the comic book game. And now they just are like a perfect opportunity to make money. People saw a little, people saw a little market and go in this. People saw it in the watch game. How many people became watch flippers overnight? How many people became comic book flippers overnight? Mm-hmm. If you had the books 
pre-COVID, if you had an AF-15, if you had a Spider-Man 1, if you had all these big books pre-COVID that you bought 10 years ago, you, sh- you should have made a fortune. You should have made a fortune. You should have made a fortune, and now you can pick those books back up? And now you can pick those books back up for a lot cheaper than what they were going for. You, mm-hmm. you, you'll still be in the green. Yeah. Now, if you bought during the rise, you're probably not going to make a fortune, and you're probably going to take a big loss. It all depends what you're willing to sustain. If you need the Correct. capital, you sell now, guys. Sell now. Yeah. And this is just my personal opinion. I'm not telling you what to do. At the end of the day, buyer, seller, beware. Do what you think is best for your situation. But if you are, if you are going to want the price that you got it for, you're going to be sitting on that book for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is like anything. If, if it comes down, if you can wait it out, yes, you might be able to get your money back eventually. But what's a while? Because to me, a while is 15, 20 years. For me, is at the end of this decade. Right. Earliest. Yeah. So we're looking at eight years. Right. Yeah. At, at the very least, yeah. Between eight and 10 years. Yeah. It's, it, this isn't a six-month hold <laughs> or a 12-month hold. Like, you're going to have to hold these books for a good, for me, 15, 20 years by the time you see these prices again. I mean, a year ago, Spider-Man books were going through the roof. <clears throat> they were reaching astronomical new highs every sale. Those same books are down 50, 40%. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about $150,000 at a 50% loss. That's not anything to bark at. Ooh. Mm-hmm. If you're telling me you bought two fifty a $250 book and it took a 50% loss, okay, fine. In the grand scheme of things, I mean, $125 might be a lot to a lot of individuals, so that's not lost on me, but you're losing your ass on these books. Mm. On Spider-Mans, on X-Men's, all the hype of X-Men's. Damn, George has been after an X-Men 1, and he's like, no, nah, I'll just continue to wait. I'll just wait. And sure enough, what we we saw months ago, a 2-0 go for like $12,000. Now they're at 8. Mm-hmm. That's a big difference, guys. That's a, that's a 33% drop. And again, that also has to do with the fact that it's not being uh, fueled by films because Marvel's holding off on it. And that's the whole thing of why are films driving comic book prices? And that's a something that's been happening for like three or four years which is weird because it's not like the price of when X-Men came out and Spider-Man came out in the early 2000s it didn't affect the price of those comics that was the same time frame just for historical yeah, it's accuracy like, it's like that CGC started as well 2001 like prices weren't the price of comics of like collectibles weren't driven by the movies they were driven by story arcs how, how important it was to the community you know to the actual comic history a first appearance is a first appearance but like it wasn't like the last three years were like random co- people people have been chasing covers, yeah. so random issues were going up in value. Back in the day, it wasn't that. It was whether the story arc was like influential to comic books, a first appearance. It wasn't like the flavor of the month. You know, if a book got hot, it's because people were buying it, and the price went up because they were hard to find. It wasn't because a movie came out. So I think like right before COVID, like 2018, 2019 is when you started seeing the uptick of. Of, of comics being sold. The, the values start to s- slowly go up. Like, you know, the comic that was worth 20 bucks now is worth 40. But you weren't seeing like a, a book that came out being sold, a, a book that just came out last week selling for two, two, two $300. I mean, I'll use a perfect example that I've gone to in prior podcasts. Walking Dead 1, CGC 98 was selling for $10,000 at one point. Yeah. The finale just aired. I think the book is, I think the last time I saw it was $3,000. Yeah, I think, I think it hovers around that two, 3000 depending on the and, day of the week. And you yeah. know what? Two to 3000 I see as a fair price because it was a limited run, mm-hmm. a first print. 
you know, nobody knew what was going to happen to it. It did have a couple of first appearances and it did create a cultural phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Walking Dead broke records and had more viewers than Sunday Night Football at a certain point. Right. I knew people that never read comics and because of Walking Dead, they were picking up like the omnibus to read it. Yeah, it's a great read. Yeah. It's a great and read. And they had never read comics. They would ask me, hey, how do I read this? Oh, it's very simple, like a book. You know, you go from left to right, you look at the panels. It, it, it's kind of self-explanatory. So not only has the market experienced regular uh, dips and rises, it's also been on a trajectory to what Paul had mentioned earlier in the podcast. People had disposable income and time. Mm-hmm. That's all gone. COVID is over, but the disposable income is not. We're actually in a recession right now. There are layoffs left and right. Yep. The first thing to go is hobbies, and people need that money to be able to live. And I think it would be. Does Paul kick me under the table? You got to tell me something? No. Oh, okay. Just want to say. That was in his leg. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> go see a doctor, bro. <laughs> As um, he was touching you with his hand. Oh, okay. As um, it would be unfair to say that not only did comic books reach new rises, there was also multiple avenues for people to sell. Mm-hmm. And one of the big ones that we were on for a good two years was IG live sales. I remember at a certain point in time, I would scroll through my feed on a random day, random time. There'd be a minimum 10 live sales going on. Well, that goes back to the whole disposable income and time. You know, we, you couldn't go anywhere. The country was in lockdown. There was no malls, no movies, no parties, no clubs, no bars. So you were stuck at the house. Mm-hmm. So if you had a box of comics that you wanted to move, you go on IG Live, throw up a sale, and now you're now now you're a comic book seller. Mm-hmm. And now you had you know you, you weren't driving, so you weren't buying gas, you weren't paying tolls. insurance, you weren't paying tolls, you weren't you know going to the mall and buying stuff that you didn't need, clothes or whatever. So now you had all this income that you had just sitting there. And what were you doing with it? You were into comics. You were going out and buying comics. Not only comics, I think it, it was a a plethora of different things, whether they were shoes, sneakers, right. whether they were watches, whether they were uh, limited release Supreme items. Like, Yeah, I'm talking about just, you know, in the, in, the, in, the, in the community that we're in, you know, yeah. people went crazy buying comics either for their PC or just because they saw the value rising. So let me get it now. So when I go to sell it, it's worth more than what I paid for, mm-hmm. which it might have worked out for a lot of people. Worked yeah. out for us. Worked out for us. We pulled out. I mean, yeah. guys, we're in December. We started the podcast uh, in January. So right. we've been, for all practical purposes, out of the IG live sales. Besides the occasional sale we do here and then. Right. Um, yeah, the constant weekly ones. No. I've yeah. been, we've been out of that. But again, we, 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 we saw that that wasn't the sustainable model. And I think we saw it potentially too early. Could be. Because while we were doing the podcast, there were still numerous amounts of IG live sales. Yeah. Across the board. But remember, too, a big thing, too, was that cons were non-existent during that time. Yeah, and cons started to come back. I mean, we went to MegaCon, what was it, May? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We went to New York Comic Con. There was Florida SuperCon in July. Yeah, and all the little local cons that we've been to. But the con circuit was closed for, you know, that year, two years, whatever it was. And that was a big avenue of people buying books. And it was also dealers. They needed to find a way. To move books and IG was that way. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. The dealers were the ones that, you know, what took the biggest hit out of that because now they didn't have an avenue. So mm. some of them got smart. Some of them were tech savvy and jumped on these IG live sales or partnered with people that were doing IG live sales. Props to them. They needed to find a way because we've mentioned it is a business for them. This Correct. is their livelihood. They couldn't. If they weren't traveling the cons, they weren't moving inventory. They weren't putting food on the table. Right. You got to remember, a lot of people have to remember that just because it's a hobby for you doesn't mean that it's a hobby for everybody else. Mm-hmm. There's people that have businesses that depend on 
books selling to put food on the table. Even our local LCSs, you know, they were shut down for a while. And, you know, they will be like, reach out to their subscribers. Hey, I have your books. I could drop them off. Right. Like, you had to get creative. Yeah. But that's 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 something that I think is lost in the community that, you know, it's not a hobby for a lot of people. Mm. It's a legit business. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the people that are collecting have to buy it from somewhere. Right. Yeah, whether you're buying from another casual collector or you're buying mm-hmm. from a business, you have to pay. Um, it's just funny because last night was a Friday. We're recording this on a Saturday. There was only two live sales. Yeah. I remember when we were doing our live sales on Friday, it was a competitive marketplace. Yeah, there'd be five or six at the same time. Minimum. Yeah. yeah and so people starting 10, on yeah. the East Coast, people starting on the West Coast. Like, we were just like, damn. Yeah, the East Coast guys would be finishing up, but then the West Coast guys would go start going live. Yeah. yeah. Huh? And it was it was crazy. It, it was literally and it, and it would be like all day because some people would be like early in the afternoon, some people be out in the morning. Mm-hmm. And remember too, you know, speaking about the the whole marketplace, a lot of these sales that were registered on IG and all these other platforms, those aren't visible sales that you can go to a website and aggregate those numbers because yeah. those sales just go, you know, they they, they disappear into the ether. Yeah, they're not recorded, it's not logged through Heritage through eBay. Right, go collect you know, none of that. Yeah. They, you're basically looking at only logged legitimate sales. And I use the word legitimate in the sense that it's trackable. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, because yeah, I mean, every sale is legit. Mm-hmm. Well, do we want to go down the eBay rabbit hole? Well, the, the thing is, and, and yeah, let's go down the eBay rabbit hole, but let's preface that with when you look at some of these sales, you're not going with these, like, you don't know. I should say it's it could be the same book being sold over and over again. It could be. Perfect example. So obviously you guys know we're collectors first. We do constantly fund our personal hobby and we do constantly fuel our PC. Now, one of the biggest sites and I think one of my fan favorites is eBay. eBay has always been the dominant leader. I think it will continue to be the dominant leader just because it has the biggest reach. So it also attracts the biggest amount of sellers. Mm. There are books that I'm looking at, and I'm like, okay, I'll look at the book. I'll see what their current prices are, and then I'll go back and see, hey, what what did it sell? Are we still in the same? Are we seeing a decline? And, you know, I'll probably take the last 10 sales, and I'll take out the highest sale, and I'll take out the lowest sale because data management 101, you have to take out your outliers, and then you look at your 80%. There are books I'm like, damn, that picture looks familiar from a book that's currently being sold right now. I'm like, damn. So I'll look at that sold listing and I'll look at the CGC number and then I'll go back and look at what's being sold. And I'm like, damn, it's the same CGC number. Then I look at the, I do a little bit more research. I'm like, damn, it's the same seller. So what happened? And there's obviously a price difference between what it last sold for and what it's going for now. Is that seller in and of itself pumping the book up to try to get more value for it? Did something genuinely happen? So you can't rule this out. Is there something that genuinely happened that the person that bought the book didn't buy it? And that can happen. It's happened to me. Yeah. Or, or is there some funny business going on? Right. Nine out of ten times, it's some funny business that's going yeah. on that, you know, the seller would rather take the hits and not sell the book out because, the, you know, he sold it. And then that same day, they announced the movie trailer. Right. Yeah. Or they announced something that they wasn't that they weren't expecting, so they pulled it back. That's why I tell people when they're when they're on eBay, when you use the filter, you know they have a you know sold and completed. You have to click both. I I like to take off the completed because those don't always tell you the real story. You can have both, but I'll remove because completed 
if they ended the sale, it'll still show. That's completed, right? Yeah. As but it, that's not a sale price. But so I always like I to say completed and sold. Like at least these were double. Just because it got completed yeah. doesn't mean it sold. But I like to remove the completed ones because it could just be that it was ended for some reason. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you sold it off of eBay and yeah. you just ended the sale. Yeah. And you had it for you know way more than what you sold it for. You never know. Mm-hmm. But it's it's funny that and, and I think you should touch on that a little bit because I think a lot of people have an issue with these outliers. So. We've seen books that average sell for five hundred dollars, and then there's that one eight hundred dollars sale, and, and then everything focuses on that one, and then everything afterwards is still back to the average of five hundred dollars. Hmm. Now everybody focuses on that eight hundred dollars sale as it being the fair market value, right. which in all reality it isn't. It's just an outlier. So, all right. So if you want to let me put on my corporate hat, <laughs> if you want to take a look at it, so why did that book dictate eight hundred dollars? So. Some of the things that I would look at is a newsstand versus direct. Is it CBCS versus CGC? Is it genuinely just an anomaly that for some reason this book sold for $800 and everybody else is selling for five? Did, you know, did it pop at the time of the announcement? Some of these books have genuinely had a 24 hour uplift and then that's it. The announcement hasn't been as big or as impactful as yeah. they thought. And everything just comes back to regular rates. You also check too, was it an auction or was it a buy it now? Yeah. Or was it a best offer? Mm-hmm. But let's say, that you know, let's pretend the $800, it did sell for $800, but it has a slash through. You'll never know what that best offer was. Right. But let's say the guy that paid $800 was because he was in a hurry. He wanted that book. He wanted that book for his PC and he didn't want to go through the hassles of finding it somewhere else. So he, it was a legitimate $800 purchase on that book. That doesn't make it fair market value as eight hundred dollars. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It's a, it's a legitimate sale for whatever grade, whatever it is for eight hundred dollars. Let's pretend it's a legitimate. That goes back to is everybody else that has it for five hundred? Are they going to be able to get eight hundred? Probably not. Obviously not because the sales afterwards are still for the average of five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. But everybody focuses on that eight hundred dollars as being the fair market value. When all in all reality, it isn't. It's just an outlier. And to be fair. Buyers do the same thing on the low end. Right. They focused on that low end. Like, yeah, only one sold. If you're telling me 30 sold for that price, okay. But they focus on that one that sold really low. Right. And then they try to get the buyer to lower it. No, but that one last sold. I go, yeah. But the one, the five right right before it sold for this much. Right. So it's the same thing. You've, you you kind of see it from both sides. And I love it because a good friend of mine runs the LCS. And he's always like, I always like to play devil's advocate and push his buttons. <laughs> and I was like. Bro, but it's going for three hundred. He's like, "Well, then go find it for three hundred. <laughs> Fair market value is five hundred. I'm giving it to you for four thirty. Like that's your option, you know." He's like, "Go find it," and then he gets frustrated, and then we end the conversation. <laughs> but I do it to push his buttons. There's also the other side of the narrative, is there not? Yeah, there's people who like to say that prices aren't dipping, that we're still seeing record record sales. But I would like to say is where are those record sales happening? They're not happening everywhere. They're only happening in certain places, certain auction houses. Mm-hmm. And in the past, there's been issues with who's buying and selling these books that are keep getting these record prices. Is it the same people just going back and forth, trying to keep the 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 price high for these books? Something to think about. Well, it's, it's oh, like you're, okay, so it's like a they, realtor. Wouldn't is it going to tell you that the market is crashing? Yeah. No, a used tell you, car salesman isn't going to tell you that the freaking car market is freaking crashing. They're gonna they're gonna want to hype it up because they need to make money off of you. 
Yeah. yeah. So if someone's telling you that it's not going down and points at something. What person is this? Is this someone that's selling? Is it is it in their best interest to keep the prices high? Yeah. Because that happens. I get it. They're trying to they're 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 trying to keep the highest the highest price point. But you don't have to listen to them. You can just do a quick little research and see how much the book is going. You have to have a sense of skepticism and be like, why is this person saying this now? Why? Like, there's oh, Paul says this all the time. There's no such thing as a coincidence. Nope. And I agree. I mean, God, people can accuse us of hyping up Super Pro left and right. They do. You know, because Paul loves that book. And we he hypes it him, up, like, but you know what? He never sells it. Yeah. That's right. He never <laughs> 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 Went to his house the other day. I'm like, bro, why do you have a short box just full of Super Pro? He's like, watch. And it's a running gag, obviously. He, I told you, he likes to just throw them all over himself and he spreads out on the bed and he has all these Super Pros. Like, yeah, we went to an antique uh, shop not too long ago, a few months ago, and I saw a Super Pro. I'm like, you got to buy it. He's like, yeah, I'm going to buy it. It's five bucks. Why am I not going to buy it? A nice example is cryptocurrency. <laughs> all right, especially now with the whole FTX, you know, going belly up and all this money they were pumping in, you know, cryptos, you know, the greatest, you know, both the gold bowl. What was that one with, um, with, uh, with what's his face? Jason Bourne. With um, Matt Damon? Matt Damon. You remember that commercial for FTX? It, it, it was uh, the, the gold, whatever it was. You had all these actors pumping up crypto and FTX leading the charge, the big Super Bowl commercial. And they just crept out. They did. They prevented their investors from pulling out their money from they the exchange. They prevented from going out their money. The company's gone, uh, filed for bankruptcy. The CEO stepped down. He tried to pull, like, what, like 500, 500 million? 500 million out. The guy that, that, that stepped in for Enron to, to clean that up is now saying this is the worst he's ever seen. Mm-hmm. And Enron was a mess. Yep. You guys don't are too young for Enron. Just go online and look real quick. Enron. God, God damn it. If, we're, if our client base is too young for Enron. No, just yeah. in case. I want to remember, like, just there's millions of, there's not millions. There's a whole bunch of documentaries about them. In school, you might have, you might have heard about it. And but, people suing Tom Brady now and Larry David because they were also part of it. <laughs> Kevin yeah. O'Leary. Anyone who pumped that up. There's a bunch of celebrities now that were pumping up crypto. And hey, there's parallels. It's not just comics. Anything where you see that someone says it's not going down, that's going up, and you see a bunch of people start pumping it up suddenly out of nowhere, you know. So are you saying people are doing that with whatnot? No, heavens to Betsy. (laughs) Whatnot comics, just comics in general. You, if a lot of people start pumping it up that the market isn't going down, be skeptical. Find out why. Do some research, because what what numbers on one side aren't going to be the same as the other. You know, Heritage might be pumping out, you know, record prices. Okay, but that was one. What about the one before it? Right. Is it the same buyer and the same seller? Go on eBay. Are those, are the same prices there? Look at multiple sites and you'll see a variation of, of highs and lows. That just brings back to mind Super Mario Brothers yeah. video game. The how, millions that it's going for? The millions that it's going for, how it was sold within a certain smaller group. Right. To a pump and every sale became a record breaker from 10,000 to 30,000 to 100,000 to 250 to up to a million dollars. In a small amount of time. In the, I think it was less than a six month window is what it was. And it was just astronomical. And I think, I think we can safely call ourselves veterans in the hobby. Like I remember calling both of you and being like, Mm -hmm. what the hell is going on? Like, what are we not seeing? And it was just crazy. A lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that we didn't see, that a lot of people didn't see, that that drove those numbers. Yeah. yeah. And I haven't seen the hype with video games lately, over the last <laughs> year. 
Yeah, you haven't bought any graded VHS tapes, have you? <laughs> no. <laughs> that, listen, that one to me was astonishing because I didn't see, I only saw it on certain things. I, it's not something that I saw prevalent. Right. So I was surprising. People were trying to make it out this, this big thing. But we go off on this tangent because it's collectibles, but comic books is what started it all. Mm-hmm. Graded comics were drawing these prices. Hence, opportunistic people just see it. They're like, well, why can't video games drive this? Why can't Pops? Why can't VHS? It just doesn't make sense. Like, always buyer beware, buyer be skeptical. You know, never take anything for face value. Even from us. If we say anything that you guys might disagree with, let us know in the comments. We are completely open to criticism and feedback. Except yeah. on Super Pro. <laughs> Don't be talking bad about my Super Pro. <laughs> guys. So it's the next big thing. <laughs> I'd say this. Be skeptical. Buy it now for four dollars. <laughs> <laughs> be skeptical. Uh, be skeptical. It's, my God, I can't say it. I'm having a stroke. <laughs> skeptical. 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 <laughs> no, I can't say it. <laughs> skeptical. Like a, yeah, skeptical. Skeptical. It's like a disease. It just, it's it a little just, bad when I'm the one that's correcting Listen, both yeah. of you. Yeah. Jimmy the name happens. butcher here. Yeah. The butcher of names. But be skeptical. When someone is trying to tell you that this is the next collectible, the next hobby that you should get into it, you know, if if it's a hobby that you want, if you started picking it up, it's now your collection. No one has to tell you, hey, start collecting VHSs. If you just over the years, hey, I don't want to let go. I have two VHSs that, that I've kept, and they're more because of it's just like a, like a nostalgia. It's just something I want to keep. Did I you get have, them graded? No, why not? not? I have so stupid, I have the George, first the first VHS of X Men the animated series the the two parter mm. and Star Wars the THX and I kept it because you can't find that right. version anymore. You can't see it either. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't pick up a V. I used to have a, a a little TV that had the VHS under. Good yeah. God, I got rid of it. It's too big. Probably weigh more than your flat screen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, guys. I mean, the market. I think we're all in consensus, continuing to crash, continuing to fall. We haven't reached the bottom yet. When that bottom might be, I wish I knew. It could be December. It could be next August. We don't know. And if anybody claims to tell you that they do know, they're full of shit. Absolutely. So it's just like predicting the stock market. You can never dictate when something unless you have insider information. Which is a totally different topic. Yeah. Yeah. Tune in next time for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the only reason we do these sometimes is to let you guys know. Just do your research. You know, don't take anything for face value. And we don't want you to lose out on potentially overpaying for a book. I think that would be a fair assessment. Yeah. And if you want to overpay, uh, yeah, by all means. By, you know, if, if you wanted to overpay, as long as you made the conscious decision to overpay because you wanted it, that's fine. You know, it's a, it's up to you. The price, that price point is set up to you. What no, are you comfortable with? Hey, look, look, I don't think any of us has a, a tree in their backyard that just grows money. I think everybody works hard for their money, so... When you go spend your money, you know, do do your due diligence because it's 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 hard. It's hard to take a loss on something, especially a big loss. It hurts. And it it, it might throw off other things that you have planned. Like mm-hmm. don't not pay your rent because you want to buy a comic book. Yeah. You have to be you have to be smart about how you how you how you invest and how what, what you buy. Yeah. Let us know in the comments below what you guys are looking for, um, what you guys might have overpaid on. Just let's continue the conversation in the comment section. Guys, thanks for watching the video. If you like it, appease the algorithm gods. Hit the like bell, hit the like button, leave a comment, subscribe, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and any other social media platform. Thanks for watching. 